Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. <clears throat> so this past weekend, I, I watched uh, my, my uh, Spartans, uh, I'm sorry just to rub it in, Purdue didn't do so, I'm sorry, Paul, it breaks my heart too, but Paul, you can probably relate though. So I'm watching Michigan State do well, both, I mean, they're in the final four, I, I have to mention this, but uh, <laughs> So this is why my voice is gone. Sunday is just an intense game, and, and it was over my brothers. My sister was there, and Sam can tell you there was, and Julie was there, and there was a lot of yelling. If you want to see a little bit of that, I think it's on Instagram or something, but uh, I'm not proud of it. Uh, but just as it is when they lose, um, even more so after a win— and, and you can relate, whether it's Bears or Cubs or uh, the World Series not too long ago. It's just intense. You're excited. You're screaming. You're yelling. You feel like you are a part of what's going on. Maybe Tom Izzo hears you yelling, and you need to yell harder. But when it's all over, and you're on your way home, maybe it's just me, but you start thinking about how this actually has nothing to do with your life at all. I mean, their win has nothing to do with you. It doesn't benefit you in any way. For a little, you know, in, the, in Michigan, it benefits a little bit because I can use this to rub it into my, my University of Michigan friends. So, okay. But overall, it's like it doesn't help you at all. You don't get a championship trophy or a t-shirt or a hat or cut down the nets. It's absolutely, it's distant from you. You have, they don't know who you are. You can't put this on your resume, you know. I was on the Final Four championship team. It's nothing. And I say that because, and I talked to the kids about this earlier. Um, I distinctly remember sitting in the pew like you on an Easter Sunday, listening to a sermon about Jesus, and he rose again. And everyone's happy, and he is risen, he is risen indeed, and stuff like that. And I remember distinctly thinking, how do I know that's mine, my victory? What does this have to do with me? Good for Jesus, right? This is, I think, a very important question you should ask yourself. How do I know that I am saved? How do I know that his death and resurrection, yeah, I know the pastor said he died for everybody, he dies for sinners. How do I know for me? How do I know it covers my sins? How do I know that Jesus, when he was up there saying, it is finished, was thinking of me and doing it for me? Does that make sense? That's where Holy Communion comes in. One thing, there's a number of things that God does to make a connection to you personally. Now we see in the Old Testament the great story of God's deliverance of uh, Israel and Moses from slavery. And he, he engages Israel. I, I, he could have maybe just snapped his fingers, right? 
or just unleashed it and, or whatever and told Moses, hey, start going and it's good. But he involves them, not that they are doing any of the delivering at all, but with the blood on the doorposts, he engages them so they feel it, so they know that they are being rescued by God. Literally, as the blood is on the doorposts and they are safe from the angel of death that passes over and thus begins their exodus with their own two feet going out that door. That's why God says, dress up, we're leaving. And going through that Red Sea, no one can say God doesn't love me after going through something like that. So also Jesus takes this great event, Passover, and only Jesus can do this. I can't imagine a more sacrilegious thing than what Jesus did on that Thursday night. If you think about it, he took the Passover, holy with the Jews, God told them to do this, and he absolutely owns it and changes it forever. Making the old Passover absolutely, well, I shouldn't say that, worthless, it pointed to the greater one. But compared to what Jesus is about to do, a bunch of people walking through the Red Sea is nothing. But they are linked, very much so. Jesus takes it, right? And he takes this supper meal that the Jews are used to having, and he picks up the bread, and he really is almost saying, like, this is mine now. So things changed. This is my Passover. And it's about the salvation I'm going to deliver. And he takes that bread and says, take and eat. This is my body. And we believe it's his body because, why would you say, why would you say that? Why should you believe it's Jesus' body? It's a real simple answer. He says so. And there's really nothing else to talk about. He says it is, so it is. You can fight it and think about it really hard and waste a lot of time and write a bunch of theological dissertations about how it's symbolic. Or you could just say, okay, I'm going to go with this. Take and eat. This is my body. And then takes the cup, passes it around. Take and drink. This is the cup of the new covenant, which is pointing actually back to Exodus 20, and when Moses makes, uh, and we'll talk about it on Monday Thursday, when Moses makes the covenant between the people and God through these oxen. It's really awesome. and fits really well here, but we won't go into that right now. There's a lot to talk about. Take and drink. This is my, this is the, this is, take and drink the cup of the new covenant in my blood for the, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you gather, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me, as in, remember I told you to do this at a very crucial time, like before I'm going to die. So don't forget it. Keep doing this. That's all that means. So Jesus institutes and begins this new meal, this new Passover, that we should not just do once a, a, a year, but every time we gather, quite frankly. For what purpose? So that people in ages to come will participate in his death and resurrection. So that they will know that he just didn't die for a general humanity, but died for you personally. 
so that you can't avoid the fact as you come up and the pastor or the helper says, take and eat the body of Christ and puts it in your mouth. You can't say Jesus didn't die for me as his body, the sacrifice that went once is fed to you personally. That's what communion is for your certainty. It's not a rule or a law, something that you like have to do. It's God who really, really, really wants you to be very certain that his son died for you. That those sins that you sinned that past week or that guilt that you've got of something you did a long time ago, you can know that the forgiveness Christ won is yours as you're eating it and literally drinking it, consuming it, and Christ literally going into you. Isn't that awesome? We can't get that enough. I need that every week, quite honestly. Hint, hint. It's done for our certainty. May you think about this as you come up to communion this coming Sunday. As you come up, think about those sins. Confess those sins. Remember those. Come up here and give them to the Lord. And then eat and drink the body and blood. And be confirmed and confident that when Jesus said it is finished, he's talking to you and all your worries and all your fears and all your sins. In Jesus' name, amen.